Hi, I'm Matthew Kind. Every Monday, look for a fresh new episode where I'll take you behind the scenes and interview the insiders that are shaping the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Learn more at cannainsider.com. That's C-A-N-N-A insider.com. Now here's your program. Max Montrose, the cannabis whisperer, is going to help us understand what all the rage is with Delta 8 THC and other important cannabis topics today. Max, welcome back to Can Insider. Thanks so much, Matt. I love being on your show. Give us a sense of geography. Where are you in the world right now? I am in Erie, Colorado. Okay. Max, your company is Tricome Institute. For new listeners, can you just tell us what Tricome does? Yes, we are a cannabis education company uh, that is different from, um, from, from the rest of them in the ways that we teach really interesting, high-level, uh, niche, and fascinating cannabis topics, uh, such as cooking with cannabis, uh, the Cannabis Sommelier Program, and terpening, uh, but we also provide um, standard courses for the industry, uh, like cannabis consultant training, uh, where we really just kind of break down cannabis at a high level, um, how and why the plants are indica or sativa and, and other really interesting things. Um, and for today's listeners, we actually have 10% off for anybody um, who's interested in our online courses or our okay. physical goods. Uh, and that would be Delta 8, one word, uh, all capital. So, okay. So that's, and what's your URL? Uh, trichominstitute.com. Um, Tricome Institute is on Instagram and Facebook, trichome.institute. And uh, for people who are more into psychedelics, um, you can also check me out, max.montrose. And the coupon code one more time, is it's all letters or letters and number? It's uh, Delta and then the number eight together, uh, all capital. Okay, Okay, cool. Cool. Well, Max, we want to talk about Delta-8 because we get so many questions about it. Delta-8 THC, there's people like three buckets of people listening there and be like, oh, I've heard of it. Um, I'm curious about it, but I don't really know what it is. Others um, that say, hey, I, I've heard and I, I know I know a little bit of what it is. And then others that have tried it, but they still don't know what to think about it. So let's just imagine we're on an elevator going up to the top of the Empire State Building and you got a short pitch to deliver about what Delta-8 is and why it's important. What would you say? Well, it's important to just know that what you're talking about is THC, right? So Delta-8 is THC, okay, but it's a form of THC. And the form of THC that it is, is it's not as sharp from an effect perspective. And so most people uh, anecdotally claim that when they experience it, they, you know, they feel high or they feel medicated but without the um, the hibbly jibblies, <laughs> the, without the freak out, there's no uh, paranoia associated to it. So um, they claim that it's a little softer or an easier type of high to experience. Okay, so it's uh, it's THC minus uh, paranoia in your opinion, and it's it's kind of like nerfing THCs to make it so you're not getting the you know the the, the harder edges that some people find uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's so, a lot more to say about Delta eight, but I'm on an elevator pitch. So <laughs> you're on an elevator pitch. Well, now we'll, now we'll go into a longer, we'll go into a little bit more about it. So why do you think Delta eight is THC is surging in popularity right now? I got to be honest. I, I, if I put all my money down on 
which cannabinoid was going to be the next hot shot in the, in the marketplace, mm-hmm. I would put all my money down on CBG mm-hmm. and I would have lost because it was Delta eight THC. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I, I thought it was going to be CBG. And I thought it was going to be CBN. So we we're both interesting. Yeah. And so, and, and there's reasons for this and, and what these reasons are, are, it's, this is just really interesting stuff. We're talking about cannabinoids that are not only psychoactive like CBD, but unlike CBD, these other minor cannabinoids are also slightly intoxicating, whereas their, their big brother THC is, is most definitely intoxicating. And I think there's a huge difference in what people, uh, the, the words people choose to use, like a whole lot of people in the hemp and CBD industry will tell you that their products are non-psychoactive. CBD is psychoactive. So is CBG. So is Delta 8 THC, but CBG and Delta 8 THC actually give you a noticeable effect that is calming and relaxing. Um, when you take high levels of CBG, it feels like you've done yoga for two hours and then meditated for an hour after that. Like your, your amount of peace and physical calm and mental clarity is, is extraordinary. Um, and it's easy to, to take on and it, it feels great. And, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And so it's a lot it's a lot more approachable for mass audience is what it is. Well, you've got, you've got two different audiences. You have the entire audience that is still restricted from a THC market that just found a backdoor called Delta eight THC out of hemp, which we can get into. Um, And the other market you have is all of the people who live in geographies where they have access to THC uh, industries, but THC is too much, uh, is too much for them. Right. And that, like, that would be my, my family, like my sister, my dad, like they can't handle the levels of THC in typical flour sold in most dispensaries. It's just too much. Yeah. Um, And so these are things that are really approachable for that whole other crowd, which is a massive amount of people. Yeah. How many milligrams does it take you to really experience cannabis? Like what's, what's a noticeable milligram uh, amount where you're like, I'm noticing this. Well, when you're talking about milligrams, you're talking about edibles. Yeah. And you know that um, edibles metabolize in your liver because cannabinoids aren't water soluble and you're made out of water. So they have to, um, you know, transfer in your liver into something that is water soluble, uh, which does change the molecular structure. And so, you know, why cannabis edibles are so intense or marijuana edibles with THC are so intense is because Delta nine THC turns into 11 hydroxy Delta nine THC, which is more potent in a different form of, again, of THC, a different version of THC. Uh, what's really interesting is when you eat Delta eight THC, it actually, uh, transfers into 11 hydroxy Delta eight THC. And that's a really interesting experience because for many people, the edible experience is too much. It's too crazy. They think they're not breathing. 
they don't, the time has slowed down. Um, and of course we're talking about either people who have lower tolerances or people who take really high doses, but regardless, THC edibles can, can cook you in a different way than smoking flour. And, and everyone knows that, um, to try an edible, but with that sharp edge taken off of it, it is really relaxing. Um, it's the kind of, uh, stone you get from that really heady, I'm going to use the word indica (laughs) flower, uh, trichome uses the term broadleaf. So, uh, yeah. So, so like the, the kind of like couch lock that you get where you're just so damn relaxed, you literally cannot move, um, is what I get from the Delta eight edible experience. Okay. Very interesting. Wow. So. I, I'm starting, it's starting to come into focus why it's becoming so popular. And we, are there any misconceptions about it that people aren't? Well, we haven't even talked about really why it's becoming popular at another, from a different angle. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about the other angle. Okay. Well, yeah. So this angle is, this is a gray market surge that is a, an, it's an enormous spike that is going to be shaved down really fast for a lot of really good reasons. Okay. Talk so Delta eight is not the rage or the surge in marijuana dispensaries. It is all the rage and all the surge and all the sub operations that sell cannabis that wouldn't typically conform to the regulated industry. It's like, well, where are people getting this cannabis from? Oh, well, the hemp industry. So that's the whole cannabis industry that's not uh, policed by the marijuana enforcement division. They don't use metrics. They don't have plant counts. They have unlicensed laboratories everywhere. God knows how many of them and where they're at and what they're using to, to do extraction methods from. I mean, you're really talking about the wild west of cannabis when you're talking about the the hemp industry which is a multi-billion dollar cannabis industry separate from marijuana yeah and so now that cbd has become a multi-billion dollar industry in and of itself you have a ton of cbd and so now cbd is cheap and so now people are have had enough time to learn about it people have explored it now kind of people are ready for the next big thing. So what would happen if we, you know, turned this CBD into Delta 8 THC? Because the federal legislation from the hemp bill that separates hemp from marijuana from a THC perspective does specify that the difference is specifically Delta 9 THC. Mm-hmm. And that's the key is all of these hemp people are saying, Well, the law specifically says you can't have Delta nine, but the law doesn't say you can't have Delta (laughs) eight. And so now you have Texas, right? Which doesn't have marijuana dispensaries, but they have CBD dispensaries and hemp dispensaries. And now they're selling a THC product because they can, because technically nowhere does it say that they can't. Right. That is why you're seeing the surge is you're seeing the, the world of people who wished that they could go to a store and buy THC doing it right now in places that 
don't technically legally have THC. And so really what's happening here is the federal government shot themselves in the foot by being hyper-specific because they do that. The problem is you're trying to be hyper-specific about the number one drug on the planet that you cannot put in a box because it is the most, I mean, nothing in the world works like cannabis in as many different ways as it does. And so had the federal government did what I think they intended to do, which was to say any and all tetrahydrocannabinols, meaning THC plural, any THC, Delta 7, Delta 8, Delta 9, both versions of Delta 10, 11 hydroxy, it doesn't matter if it's THC. If it is the intoxicating cannabinoid THC, well, there's a regulated market for that. There's tens of thousands of people who have worked like you have no idea to create a functioning and regulated cannabis, marijuana, THC market where adults can go today, show their driver's license, buy something, uh, go home and get high. And, and that's where THC, that's where Delta 8 is, 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 can, be, can be sold legally and will be sold legally. And that's fine. Um, but the, the, this is the hemp industry trying to skirt the law with this uh, black box thing. And so you are starting to see governments left and right uh, shutting this down and, and beginning to regulate it. Hmm. So where do you think this all lands, let's say, five years from now? It seems like the dem- people want cannabis and hemp product, products like so badly. Uh, they're always innovating and doing crazy things and looking for loopholes. And just like this, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, uh, how when you lay brick, there's this uh, mortar that goes between the bricks. Like there were, the bricks were all these regulations. And then there's people that still had demand that wasn't being met. And this mortar is being put between the bricks, Delta eight, because there's a need not being filled. Kind of a strange metaphor there, Max, but let's roll with it. So <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you, where do you think this lands, you know, three, five years from now, will, De- will we still be talking about Delta eight much, or is it going to be eclipsed yeah. by some emerging cannabinoids? Yeah, we will be um, still talking about Delta eight. And, you know, so like, what's really interesting is going back to those hemp dispensaries in Texas, right? They're selling cannabis flour in jars, the way that you would walk into a dispensary in Colorado and and purchase marijuana by the eighth or the ounce. Um, And that flour is really interesting stuff because it's rich in cannabinoids. Like some of it is high in CBG, as high as 18% CBG. Well, what an interesting product. And there is a market that's interested in smoking it. Um, and, And the same goes for CBN, like you said, Matt. And, um, and then Delta eight, um, even just terpenes on their own. I think what you have is you're going to have an, an, potentially an entire market of lesser cannabinoids in higher doses. And it's because they are more manageable. They don't mess people up as much. They're new. They're really interesting to learn about and to explore and experience and they can be legally derived from hemp uh, naturally, unlike Delta 8 THC is right now. So like Delta 8 THC is naturally produced by the cannabis plant, 
But you have to remember these, these cannabis plants are not producing THC to begin with, or, or at least less than 0.3%. It's the difference of really manipulating chemically one product to another. Um, And so, so yeah, I, I think in five years, you will definitely still see Delta 8 THC, but it will probably be only regulated in marijuana dispensaries. Okay. Whereas you might see other lesser cannabinoids and higher values in um, in hemp dispensaries. Okay, so we probably have something in months or maybe single digit month months that uh, this is going to survive, like it is in its current form before it kind of mutates into more regulation. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, I know you're doing some work with a lab called Abstracts. Can you talk about that? Um, sure. Yeah, Abstracts, um, they built a, an, a cannabis aroma supercomputer. So they're reading over 400 different uh, aroma chemical characters simultaneously in three-dimensional uh, visual space. Uh, you can actually see what this aroma looks like, uh, and it looks pretty beautiful. Um, and their, their technology is so complex that um, they can you know, calculate the spectrum difference of the groupings of the aromatic chemicals that would cause stimulation or sedation. And so, um, you know, a lot of people who know cannabis still don't really fully understand that the terpenes that work in aromatherapy, and it's the same terpenes in aromatherapy. So when everyone smells lavender, it becomes calm. It is the sedation chemical effect from the terpene linalool that is causing that on your physiology. And so when you smoke linalool and THC combined, THC almost accelerates that sedative property causing the indica effect. Hmm. And so uh, if you map terpenes and understand their, how they work, and then they're in different groupings, you can actually calculate that this flower is going to be a sedative and this one's going to be a stimulant. And so to have a computer that can test if cannabis is an indica or sativa would be a multi-billion dollar game changer because you're going to solve a a big problem in the industry because because you're going to take the guessing out of the equation. (laughs) Um, And so, of course, because these guys have heard that I can, I teach people how to see and smell the difference between cannabis and its effect in our interpreting program, um, that they actually flew me out to LA. They tested me on this and I got seven out of eight jars, uh, right on the head. Um, me explaining that this one would affect you in this way. And this one would affect you in that way. And these effects are also going beyond, um, stimulating and sedative. We have analyzed five effect types. So I was getting uh, seven out of eight jars, correct with, uh, right on the dot with five different options that the jar could be not like one or the other. Oh, right. So that's a lot of permutations there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, man, what we can do together, uh, combining um, how we analyze cannabis and its quality and its effect type with our cannabis sommelier program and understanding what's happening in the Emerald Triangle with Appalachians, Tewa, and Tapicity, you can certify Tapicity with something like Abstracts technology. And so Tapicity is the flavor that is recognizable and of typical to any and every OG that's ever experienced Durban poison or Jack Herrera. 
And so if you claim that you have Jack Herrera says who, and have you literally verified the flavor of that Jack and put it on a computer program that can actually map it compared to the baseline assessment that we have uh, from Jack Herrera's son, our good buddy, Dan, um, who gives us access to the original genetic. So we know that this is original Jack. Here it is. Uh, if you are a dispensary that's going to sell Jack, <laughs> um, is it certified Jack? Um, and so it's beyond terpene fingerprinting, which is something people have talked about in the industry before. It's the same idea. It's just way more advanced. Okay. And there would be some range that's allowable with within it from that um, standard to say, like, if it deviates beyond this would no longer be considered Jack. Of course. Yeah. So like, you know, Jack grown um, indoor versus outdoor and in this state versus that state isn't going to read identically, but it's going to read really close. But yeah. Jack, um, you know, bred with skunk number one isn't going to make the cut. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. And that you, what a nose you have. Your, your, nose, <laughs> yeah. your, nose is a, your nose is a prodigy of some kind. Well, we actually, we, you know, what's crazy. I mean, like, this is what we teach people. We teach people how to do this professionally and on their own. And that's what that code is for uh, Delta eight. Um, so, and, and that's an online course, but actually abstracts uh, in Tricom Institute is coming out with a product um, that we've, we've now finished. We just need to release it, which is the world's very first cannabis aromatic training kit. And it comes with 12 different terpenes to teach you how to feel different smells in different parts of your face to gauge where different groupings of terpenes would actually dictate stimulating or sedative effect types from cannabis. Um, but also uh, they have abstracts terpenes in there that is the smell of Jack Herrera. And so because abstracts cannot just analyze it, they can recreate the smell identically. And I mean, it's crazy the terpenes that these guys can make. I've, I've never seen another terpene company come anywhere close to the sharpness and specificity of, of the complex aromatypes that these really unique plants produce of, of flavors that you cannot describe. Like Jack Herrera and Durban Poison does not smell like a single fruit, a single type of food, a plant, an animal, a fungus, or a spice. There's nothing in the world that smells like those things. Um, so it's, it's crazy that they can recreate it, but because they can recreate it, we, the Tricom Institute, can teach people around the world about it because we can legally ship you the smell of Jack Herrera in a jar where we might not be able to ship you the cannabis. Although now we're selling hemp flower online to, to teach people how to, you know, uh, get into their cannabis and grade it and their trichomes and look at it with a microscope and all that fun stuff. You could create a men's cologne. Uh, <laughs> so just call it dank. And you, you know, just, the uh, amount of times, Matt, that I've said, if, if a woman smelled like this cannabis plant, I would be done. Like, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you, if there's, yeah, there's some perfumes out there that, yeah, would, would really be quite interesting. That's, that's true. Wow. That is interesting stuff. Well, keep yeah. us posted on keep us posted on that. I know you've got developments coming, but uh, let's let's pivot now to five meo DMT, and I want to talk about your interaction with the uh, Sonora Desert Toad in a minute. But first, let's let's just 
introduce what 5-MeO DMT is. Okay. Yeah. So um, DMT is awesome. <laughs> uh, in fact, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but the back of the uh, interpreting book um, is reviewed by Rick Strassman, who's a dear friend of mine who wrote the book and did the movie DMT Spirit Molecule. Oh, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, and so he's the 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 world authority on what DMT is and how it works, and and he's a dear friend of mine. Um, uh, DMT, uh, we so we're we we produce DMT, and essentially DMT is the chemical that you dream on. So your very psychedelic dreams, where you can fly and you can uh, you know talk to your dead relatives, and but it's also very clear in your consciousness, um, and. Uh, it, it, it's just incredibly psychedelic. Um, that is the, the DMT that you produce in your mind is NN dimethyltryptamine. And typically when people harvest DMT from nature, it's NN DMT that they're harvesting, um, typically from uh, DMT producing plants. And there's tons of different plants that produce what we would call a high level of DMT and a high level of DMT from a plant would be, you know, 3% by dry weight. That'd be a lot. Um, and so most people who know DMT, they just, they, they really know NN DMT specifically. Um, when you brew ayahuasca uh, with Banisteriopsis capi, the vine, um, and uh, chacruna, which is P. viridis, the plant that contains DMT, or mimosa hostilis, the root bark, another plant that contains the DMT, you're producing NNDMT. All of this is NNDMT. Okay. 5-MeO is really derived from the toad. That's, and so when people have seen like the Simpsons and they lick toads and they start tripping, that's what they're actually talking about is the Sonoran desert toad, which is also called the Colorado River toad. And its technical name is the buffal avarius. Um, and so do, do plants produce 5-MeO-DMT? Yes. In fact, you can buy uh, plants that have 5-MeO-DMT in them at your local garden store probably today. And if you can't, I can guarantee you can buy them on Amazon right now. Um, it's, have you ever seen, uh, do you know what a mimosa pudica is, Matt? No. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of the plants? Uh, called what are they called like sensitive plants oh yeah man come on you know like the little plants and you touch them and then their leaves just fall and curl the second you touch them oh uh, yeah i think i know what you're talking about yeah you know what i'm talking about they're yeah, like yeah. yeah you sell them in garden stores for kids because they're yeah, really yeah. fun they're cool because the plants move when you interact with them yes those have five meo dmt in them oh. and those plants are actually conscious and in fact they actually remember specific people and they remember time and they actually remember certain events and they go to sleep because they're so conscious that they actually have to let their consciousness take a break. And if they don't, they'll die from having a lack of sleep, just like humans. And so DMT is, is, is consciousness. <laughs> uh, and it is a portal to many different worlds. Um, and, and this can get deep, but um, even though plants have very sliverous amounts of DMT in them, it is the buffal of various toad that has a large amount of 5-MeO to offer. Well, tell us about your interaction with this toad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and don't well, be shy about the details. <laughs> well, I can, uh, 
I can, <laughs> I can say that. Um, so, so there's a couple important things to be said. First of all, these toads are being uh, decimated from people who have learned that, you know, they contain quote unquote drugs. <laughs> um, and these are people who don't take the time to uh, learn how to, I guess, go about this properly. So they, they take these toads out of the environment and they kill them uh, to harvest their medicine. And oh, no. these are rare creatures to begin with. And then their habitat is being decimated. And then the place that they live on planet earth, which is Southern Arizona and Northern Mexico, that's one of the most brutal places on earth. I mean, it, that's a harsh environment just to survive in. And these animals can't live without water. And I don't know if you've heard about Arizona recently, but they've already run out of water. So these are very, very special creatures. And I don't want to be responsible for, you know, educating people that these are things that you can go out and, and acquire and that you should. Right. Um, I don't really think people should. Um, you know, there is synthetic 5-MeO DMT. Um, where you get that is probably the dark web. And I think it should also be said that all of this is um, federally illegal. This is a schedule one drug. And it's also federally illegal to harvest the toads. It's also illegal to possess them. Um, and it's illegal to go catch them. Okay. So that's all. And, and it should be too. So how do I find myself um, interacting with these toads in the desert? Uh, well, people who follow my, my social media, uh, max.montrose, know that it's not just full of psychedelic plants, but I, I literally run around the world in jungles and deserts, uh, catching uh, venomous snakes barehanded and demonstrating a variety of different amphibians, arachnids, insects, bats. Um, this is something I've just been doing since I was a young boy. And so Arizona is one of my hot spots to go catch uh, snakes and arachnids. Um, and so uh, on occasion, when you're in Arizona hunting for tarantulas, scorpions, and rattlesnakes, um, and you come to bodies of water and you're at night uh, during the monsoon season, you can definitely uh, see these toads. Um, they're hard not to see because the adults are, are the size of small kittens. <laughs> they're, they are big toads. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... Um, I have interacted with them. I've, I've played with them. I've, uh, I've spent some time with them. Do they like to be held or no, not at all. Okay. Oh, you're, so you're spooning toads. And... Yeah. And I can, I can tell you that um, trying to hold them is really difficult because they are unbelievably strong. Like, you know, frog legs are quite muscular and these toads are the size of small kittens and they're slimier than fish in a wet bar of soap combine. Just the mucus that comes off of them is just pure lubrication. And so these things can kick and they're trying to pull themselves and kick out of your hands. Um, it is not easy to hold them, but, um, uh, but I, I can describe to you how the medicine is harvested from them. Yeah, please. Um, so they have really large uh, venom glands that sit right behind their ear, which sits right behind their eyeballs on either side of their cheeks. 
And then they also have these uh, venom glands on their forearms and forelegs. And the idea of this psychedelic venom is if you were a fox or a javelina or some type of, uh, you know, desert predatory creature um, that would come up and essentially bite the toad, your, the teeth would pop these, these glands. Mm. So these glands are meant to be popped. And what would happen is you would have a, a, a hallucinogenic um, venom surge in your mouth. And we suspect that that would send Mr. Fox to the other side of the multiverse and have him, you know, converge with a, um, you know, some government of alien beings. And while he is lost in outer space, the toad would be hopping away. What a defense. <laughs> what a defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of the idea or the reason why we believe these toads have the defense mechanism that is a, a poison, but it is it is a hallucinogenic experience that we feel that they actually give to other animals um, if, if they were to be bitten, right? Like uh, in a mouth. Um, and so what you do is if you can handle these toads um you you kind of put their venom glands in your fingers and this is very similar to popping a zit uh but the zit that they have to pop is almost as hard as a rock but if you squeeze it hard enough um typically it will shoot and pop and squirt kind of like a zit and this is disgusting uh but you squirt it onto you know like a glass dish or a pan and that hallucinogenic venom oxidizes um, in the air quite quickly. And so, you know, the idea is, is you, you, har- you, you catch a handful of toads and put them in one bucket. And as you're done going through popping all of their glands, place them in another bucket. And this doesn't really hurt them. Um, and after you handle them with your bare hands, because it's an amphibian, you definitely want to put um, cool, and uh, filtered water on their bodies to let them rehydrate and you let them go. Right. And so, and then once their medicine has oxidized, you basically can turn this, uh, you know, Pyrex dish over and you can scrape it up and you have crystalline hallucinogenic frog or toad venom, which is, has a very high amount of five meo DMT in it, which is quite stable too. You can keep it for years. Wow. That's crazy. People, yeah. I wonder if like anybody skipped ahead in this podcast and just came up to that point about the toad and like the mucus and the popping <laughs> of the glands. They're like, what the, what would I do into here? Yeah. But uh, that, that's crazy. Okay. So, and the experience of this uh, Sonoran desert toad, five MEO DMT, is it, is it exactly the same as uh, the no, synthetically made or an DMT that you're talking about? Let me put it to you this way. I'm not sure about the synthetic stuff. Okay. I'll just say that um, because I haven't tried it. Right. Okay. Um, I have tried both NN um, and 5MeO and, you know, I've done a ton of ayahuasca. It's, it's not a, a secret. People know I, I tried this stuff and I have for um, a majority of my life. This is, you know, part of who I am. Um, and so, yes, I, I actually have quite a bit of experience. Um, and so, 
uh, I, I can tell you the differences. Um, I think the most important thing people should know about the experience is it does not have to be the way that you constantly see it done on shows like vice. So there's this, you know, because the way that the toad is typically done is, is in a macro dose. So typically people are doing, you know, upwards of, you know, 50 to a hundred milligrams, maybe 200 milligrams, 0.2 of a gram, um, that you are basically, you know, dabbing, uh, sucking in through a bong. You, you can't hit it with a flame. It has to be vaporized, um, which is typically why you see people smoking them out of funny pipes or quote unquote meth pipes. And it's just because that, um, delivery mechanism works really well for the type of product that it is. Um, but typically what you see in like vice or Hamilton's pharmacopoeia or all these things is people doing these incredible macro doses to achieve an ego death. And so, you know, you're just imagine that you're a, um, a, you're a refrigerator and your refrigerator is plugged in to the house. So your mainframe is on. And so even if you go to sleep, you're still cold inside because your motor isn't running right now because you're in sleep mode, but you're still plugged in because your motor is going to come back on. They're taking so much of a dose that they're actually ripping the cord out of the wall. They're unplugging the refrigerator. It, it can't turn itself back on. Oh, wow. And, and this does cause an ego death because you literally go back to square one. You actually go to the place where you came from before you, you are here. You visit where death, is, although it's not death, it's just the other place that this isn't. Um, and you, you can learn a thousand years worth of, um, wisdom and history and come back from this experience, um, literally never touching your cocaine habit ever again. I've, I've actually done ayahuasca with someone who um, knocked out a 20-year-old uh, alcohol and cocaine addiction with this toad experience. Really? Um, yeah. And they actually combine it with the frog. And so the frog is different from the toad. Um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily going to get into that, but the, the, if you do the frog as a prerequisite, it can make the toad way stronger. Um, <laughs> and there are two very different things from very different parts of the world. Um, but, uh, the, you know, just, I, just tell us the name of the frog. So we know what you're talking about. Oh, it's, um, it's Cambo. So instead of Bufo, it's the Cambo, which is also a waxy monkey tree frog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where, um, I, you, you burn holes in your, your muscles in your body. And you take that frog slime that you mix with your saliva and you stick it in your burn wounds and puke your brains out. Um, it clear it's a, it's a cleanse. Um, and we typically do this before we do ayahuasca or peyote or, or stuff like that. But if you do the, the frog and really clean yourself out physically and psychologically and spiritually at a, at a macro, at a huge level, uh, prior to doing some really deep psychedelic, like the toad, it's, um, it's an entire different launch pad kind of an experience. Um, and this is all wisdom from the jungle. You know, these okay. are people, people have been doing this for thousands of years. This is, this is not a new thing. Um, it's just this is not common for Westerners. Yeah, the, um, ay the ayahuasca trip, not everybody, but most people vomit right before that. And that's part of the process of cleansing out or what's just reaction. Yeah. I mean, um, ayahuasca, 
you know, when you, you drink ayahuasca, it's a, it's like a thick syrup. It, it actually, to me, it tastes like, um, like a sour chocolate milk. That's at least edible. Like it's not so sour that you can't not get it down, but your body does reject it. It's like, okay, what did you just put in me? <laughs> it's like, and, and especially on your second, third or fourth cup in the evening. Um, yeah. Drinking uh, vines and jungle plants that have been brewed together in a, in a cup of sour chocolate sludge. Um, you can definitely throw that up. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's actually, it's one of my favorite parts of the experience. Um, because when you need to vomit, you, you're, you're psych, you're as physically pent up as you are emotionally and psychologically pent up. Like you just, you, you and your being as a whole just needs to explode. And the, the catalytic event of getting well, having the opportunity to physically, um, really clean out and clean out deep and hard while having such a psychedelic experience simultaneously is riveting. I mean, it's really fantastic. Wow. And Eve, what, what are your key takeaways from, you know, ayahuasca and five MEO DMT about like the nature of the reality we live in now, you, you, seeing as you, you're an explorer and adventurer in these other realms, what's, how do you, you know, integrate these experiences into what, uh, you know, your philosophies and about why we're here and what, what's going on. You know, this is, this stuff is hard to talk about because you have two different sides of the aisle. You have one side of the aisle that totally gets it. And those are people who study ancient religions like uh, Judaism and Buddhism um, and the structures of Freemasonry and uh, symbolism, sacred geometry, uh, but who who study it seriously and at really really deep levels, and and then the other side of people are people who have never experienced this stuff. Um, they don't value how and why ancient religions are um, really pathways and keys to the whole of it all in life that have been structured and given to us from ancient ones that may or may not be a part of our species necessarily. Um, you have a scientific community that says, well, you're on a, a hallucinogenic substance, aren't you? So isn't everything that you're experiencing in your mind fake because you're hallucinating? <laughs> and so right. um, it can be a hard conversation to have because um, for the people who haven't tried these truly sacred medicines, and actually the last time I did ayahuasca, which wasn't that long ago, um, we had one of those guys in the group trying ayahuasca for his first time. And when he came out of it the next morning, when we were taught Al sharing our, our, our experiences, he said that he was one of those analytical scientific guys that poo pooed on anyone and everyone who ever talked about magic being real. He's like, this just like, it just can't like, you, there's just no science for it. But when you hang out with divinity and Hashem and God allows you to see the perspective of the matrix that you're truly in and all of your spirit guides who are rooting for you and the mission that you're on in this time period, it's really hard not to believe in magic. And it's really hard not to know that there is a big purpose for being here. 
And that time is so, so special and it is not to be wasted. And you have, if like you are a part of God, because how could you not be? Creation is real. Something is being created and here you are and you're a part of it and you're co-creating it with the consciousness that you have and the free will that that's a part of it and its equation. Um, and so we need you to be conscious and creating goodness because uh, reality is constantly a battle between good and evil. And once you see this perspective and this war that's happening, you have a responsibility to participate as a warrior in fighting for what is good, even if it doesn't make sense in society, like these things being against the law. And so um, it's, it is my religion. You know, I can go to synagogue and, and, and talk about the ancient ones who had these experiences and figured all this stuff out for themselves thousands of years ago, or I can, I can do it for myself too. Gosh, there's so much interesting stuff going on here. I hope, uh, I hope uh, listeners enjoyed as much as I have. This is, I'm, I'm going to start going on your Instagram, but you need a YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> call, call, call it like uh, to the max or Maximus or something where you're educating and also, uh, you know, doing this kind of interesting stuff, philosophy, integrating these things. It's just fascinating stuff. And there's so many different ways we can get off the top- topics of uh, cannabis here, but since this is the main theme of the show, we'll uh, wrap it up now with some personal development questions for you, Max. Max, if you could live in one other place, you seem like such a Colorado guy to me. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you could my live Subaru in Subaru is so dirty. My pants are dirty. My clothes yeah. are dirty. My dogs are dirty. We go hiking. We search for mushrooms. We roll in the dirt. We grow weed. We're Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a tough question for you then. If you couldn't live in Colorado, let's also say you couldn't live in Colorado, Utah, Arizona, where would where would you live? Sonoma. Sonoma. Okay. Well, wait. Oh, you're talking about Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. We're just talking about the, the Sonoran d- desert toad. So I got confused for a second. Okay. So oh, you like it up there. Yeah, man. I mean, the Emerald Triangle is just too far out and the city is just too much. And right in between is a slice of heaven in wine and weed country in the redwood forest where there's farmers markets and California hippies that, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> So what do you but, like up uh, there? Like Sebastopol, Petaluma? Yeah, it's like Sebastopol, Sonoma. But I got to tell you, I'll be honest. I've been trying to buy a house up there for a year or maybe plus at this point. And it's kind of hard with the fires. And really, it's the fire insurance, the flood insurance with the Russian River and California taxes. Um, it makes it hard for a young guy like me to be able to actually make it work just because of all the extra little stuff. So yeah. Um, I'm also looking at Oregon. Um, I think there's a lot of similar places and vibes and and flavors, but um, I don't know how I could survive anywhere in the United States other than the, from Colorado to anywhere more West, any, any, anywhere more East of Colorado. I don't think I could, I could make it. (laughs) Max, can you give us just a quick couple, uh, just a minute or two about uh, you recently got, you proposed to your fiance and just the way you did that? Um, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not to get personal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not personal. Um, we, uh, I, I woke her up, but we went to Sedona. She knew that we went to Sedona for me to propose to her. We made her ring together. We picked out all the stones in the rough. Our buddy cut it and put it together. It's literally the most beautiful ring you've ever seen. 
Um, but like, you know, we went to Sedona to go get engaged, but she wasn't allowed to know what the ceremony was. Um, but I, I woke her up at five o'clock in the morning with white linens and golden crowns that we both wore. And we marched into the Sedona desert and we made a sacred geometry um, little altar uh, out of the earth in uh, our crystals and our smudging and our music. Uh, with not a single person in sight. And we uh, tried uh, some psychedelic cacti and um, a, uh, let's just say a, a magical something else. <laughs> and um, psychedelics are a big part of our life, not because, you know, we're like on drugs, but because they open us up our hearts to ourselves and each other and the universe in such a a substantial and emotional and deep way. Um, and it's not like we were blasted out of our minds or anything, but we definitely ate some, some sacred medicines and had a, a really beautiful ceremony in the desert together. Uh, when I asked her to marry me. Oh, wow. That's so much different than the typical. That's why I wanted to ask you about it, <laughs> <laughs> man. There's nothing I do in my life that is difficult. <laughs> well, so Max, what's one big trend, bringing it back to cannabis, what's one big trend you see coming cannabis right now that the general public just doesn't all fully appreciate how big or important it's going to be? Uh, buying cannabis based on its aroma and not its THC profile. Ah, right. But they have to have a, you have to have a platform, you have to have a system, and then you have to teach people, right? Like you're not going to, this isn't going to be an overnight thing. But when people learn that if you stop shopping for strain names and THC percentages and you start shopping for specific aromas like pachyderm funk, then you're going to be shopping for uh, what you're really looking for um, in ways that you can't even imagine. This is a whole other conversation, but, but shopping for smells... Uh, instead of THC percentages is definitely the future of campus. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a, a leafly style app that uh, does uh, gives you a visual of what the aroma is. That would be helpful. Well, so what do you think abstracts and I are building? But oh, the, <laughs> and well, not only will you be able to, you'll be able to see the exact batch of cannabis that you're buying on the app. You'll be able to see microscopic photos of their trichomes, but um, instead of it being confusing from a visual and aroma perspective, it's going to be very, very, very intuitive and way more detailed, way more accurate and way more sophisticated. Okay. Yeah. That would be really helpful. I, you'll have to come back on when that's uh, that goes live. Yeah, because right now you can't shop for like, hey, where's the ooey gooey, sweaty, icky, OG, stinky, pachyderm funk at? Where is the, the freshest, sweatiest, stankiest dank? Like where, where in Colorado is that? And I mean, that's what I want to buy. If I was going to drive somewhere and spend money and pay taxes on cannabis, for God's sakes, I would at least want the opportunity to shop for, for cannabis in that way. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, Max, tell us one more time, uh, your website and also the coupon code for listeners that want to learn more about cannabis and take one of your online classes. Uh, yeah. Tricominstitute.com. Um, 
and trichome.institute on Facebook. If you can't spell trichome, it's okay. It's T-R-I-C-H-O-M-E dot institute. And yeah, um, if you put in the product code, all capital, uh, Delta, the number eight, all one word, you can get 10% off any of our courses and our um, our books, our tools, uh, jewelers loops. We've got light up magnifying jars to hold your cannabis in, um, jars to cure your cannabis with, um, microscopes, um, all sorts of stuff. And in a couple months, our the new I'm so sorry for that. Our, our, the new um, interpreting book comes out, the uh, third edition interpreting. Well, such a pleasure to have you on again, Max. Really appreciate it. Thanks for educating us about Delta 8, THC, and also your experiences with the the desert toad. That is really interesting. And I'm glad that you could be so honest and candid about uh, your experiences with uh, DMT and ayahuasca. That's really helpful for me and for listeners. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share this really special information. And uh, thanks to the listeners for listening to such a cool channel. So thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you might be using to listen to the show. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guest to you. Learn more at canninsider.com forward slash iTunes. What are the five disruptive trends that will impact the cannabis industry in the next five years? Find out with your free report at canninsider.com forward slash trends. Have a suggestion for an awesome guest on Canna Insider? Simply send us an email at feedback at cannainsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Canna Insider or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. Promotional consideration may be provided by select guests, advertisers, or companies featured in Canna Insider. Lastly, the host or guests on Canna Insider may or may not invest in the companies or entrepreneurs profiled on the show. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Final disclosure to see if you're still paying attention. This little whistle jingle you're listening to will get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Thanks for listening and look for another Canna Insider episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.